Hello and welcome, beautiful soul, to the Co-Creating Radiance podcast, where we offer support in cultivating a harmonious consciousness. In this space, we share and discuss topics ranging from the mundane to the magical, sharing our own experiences and the evolution of our individual spiritual paths with the hope and intention of providing perspective, insights, and education. May these heartfelt conversations spark your curiosity and imagination as you uncover your soul's truth along the path of inner harmony and conscious self-expression. We are so grateful to have you with us. Please pull up a chair, grab your favorite beverage, and settle in as we dive deep. Welcome back, everyone. It is such a pleasure and an honor to hold this space with you. My name is Gina, one of the co-creatrixes of this space. And as always, I am joined by my fellow co-creatrix and soul sister, Thea. Hello, everyone. It's so wonderful to be here with you today. Before we jump into today's topic, we're going to do a little breath work together. So I just encourage you, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, if it is safe to do so, go ahead and come into your body a little bit. If you want to do some shake out before we do some breathing, sometimes that helps me get a little centered. I'm rolling my shoulders right now. That's (laughs) great too. Roll those shoulders, roll that neck a little bit. I know it's a little creak in my neck this week and I was like, what's going on there? Oh yeah. I also like to plant my feet firmly on the ground. So if you're able to do that, I find that to be helpful. As well as closing your eyes can also kind of help bring you into this particular moment in time. So let's go ahead and begin by taking a nice deep breath in through your nose. I like to go nice and slow so I'm not rushing myself. And holding it at the top. Just a moment. And then when you are ready, release through your mouth again, nice and slow. As we settle into this space together and today's conversation around poetry, intentions and invocations. You know, Gina, if I'm being perfectly honest, I am, there's a part of me that's dead surprised that we took this long to talk about poetry. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but there, there's another part of me that also thinks it's really appropriate. You know, mm. we're in November now, um, the rains have started to come, finally. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. us here in the southern part of the state, just a little. Yeah. Which is such nice reprieve, especially from the fires this that occurred this summer. Yeah. <sighs> it's nice to enjoy that balance a little bit. And I don't know about you, but I have definitely been feeling more inclined to snuggle up with a book or with a journal, listen to some just really heart striking music mm-hmm. whether it's lyrical or not mm-hmm. and just being in a space with words yeah I would agree with that and also yeah just the, I think I touched on this in our um 
fall equinox episode (laughs) (laughs) where just like yeah this time of year as I get cozier Mm -hmm. and um it just with the with what I'm into right now I'm writing Mm -hmm. more journaling more things like that yeah and with that has come the return of jazzy jazz sweet jazz (laughs) music I don't know I'm one of those ladies now (laughs) (laughs) I love jazz (laughs) oh gosh actually I've all well I've been that lady for a long time but whatever it is about this time of year about yeah just something that feels a little bit more internal um I just love jazz for that so would you say that something is invoked inside of you during this time of year I think so it's just the it's what we've been talking about for so many weeks like Mm -hmm. it's the in more ways than one it's just that call back home Mm -hmm. back home to um the body and the call Mm -hmm. back home to like tending to the mind and the um the emotions because very Mm -hmm. clearly everything is connected Mm so um yeah the big return and just it's it's the appropriate time of year and also it's just like the season in my life where yeah um it's been an overhaul on that kind of reassessment oh my gosh yeah Mm -hmm. I'm I'm starting to feel a little that myself you know I've Mm -hmm. mentioned this a couple of times where the really the first half of this year you know Mm -hmm. even pre-quarantine was very much a overhaul and an investigation and just everything that goes along with that and Mm. I stopped for probably around August I think I had a little bit of a wall with it and I was like I think I need to take a break (laughs) yeah big time you know and now even just a few months later I'm feeling like okay maybe I can kind of start again but in a different way Mm. and in yeah just different (laughs) it feels different yeah no doubt you know and of course we're approaching the end of our calendar year which first I have such mixed feelings about it because part of me can't believe that we made it this far for (laughs) for all of the years of my life and and there have been some really rough ones and Mm. when I'm thinking about it right now they're all four years apart so maybe like at this point Mm -hmm. it's a fucking pattern so I gotta look out for 2024 (laughs) (laughs) I wonder what like planetarily what happens every or what comes back around for you every four years that's an excellent question to look up yeah yeah I I don't trust my abilities to identify that independently so Mm. (laughs) I'll utilize one of the resources we've talked about in previous episodes and be like help (laughs) yeah (laughs) help me (laughs) oh gosh yeah Yeah, but it does get me thinking about 2021 Mm -hmm. and just overall how I want to approach next year there's a saying in the pagan community that you know after Samhain you're you know energetically you're winter even though we're still in the middle of autumn right now the the idea is that the harvest is in and that your work for the year is done and now it's time to kind of like rest and recuperate and things are picking back up in February however I'm you know 
Capricorn until I die because you know (laughs) (laughs) I have so many planets in Capricorn it's like almost like did I sign up for punishment this life like what was going on with that decision but I the the work that I what could be considered work I suppose that I'm engaging now it doesn't really feel like work it kind of feels like preparation in a way and I'm already kind of starting to contemplate and think about and explore what this preparation could lead to and how to kind of set my intentions around when that clock does turn and we find ourselves in a new year. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's, um, I think I, I've never done it that way before. I feel like with new year intentions I feel like I've always started like most people do maybe like the last week of December or even the first week of January (laughs) but uh to start cooking on that idea or like sitting on that idea now Mm -hmm. is great too Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. well it's so funny like for me personally like my birthday is literally the last day of the year so Mm. for a lot of my I would say most of my adulthood because I don't really count childhood because that's not really what when resolutions are supposed to like be your focus but Mm. at least in adulthood I was for a lot of years I was kind of like still partying (laughs) in the new year (laughs) or Mm -hmm. still engaged like not fully experiencing the transition Mm. from one year to the next and a lot of times it, it doesn't like feel like anything until like you said kind of like maybe the first week right because we're still kind of in hibernation mode like a lot of us are you know if you're in school you're still on break from school and you don't really maybe feel like that return that new year shift until maybe you're back in class you know or if you have children maybe that's the case for you also but yeah I just with everything that has been kind of thrown at us this year, there's something about kind of looking ahead into 2021 and just like not this pressure, but almost this desire to have some sort of game plan going in and nothing extensive or super detailed, but just what energy, what mindset, what do I want, like, how do I want to step into this next year? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's so funny. We, we planned all this out, you know, the Mm -hmm. topic for today before I was even considering any of this, but, Mm -hmm. but now sitting here talking with you about it, it just feels very aligned and kind of auspicious that I unknowingly kind of find myself in this space. And now we're talking about things that I think can really project us forward or help us reflect or even kind of prepare us as we prepare for that transition. Totally. And it's like with, um, sometimes with an internal focus, it can feel like a bit of a contraction as well. Mm -hmm. And when we, when we look inward and create this space like in our last episode we talked about um hermitude and Mm -hmm. the spiritual sabbatical and um 
uh, out of contraction comes expansion. Like we're dealing with the duality that exists on this plane Mm -hmm. all the time. And I think that as we contract, we, if we're conscious enough Mm -hmm. through those teachings that come through contraction, um, we have the opportunity for expansion or the expansion rather that comes through mm-hmm. um, creating intention and infusing our consciousness with um, words that are expansive and um, invocations that are expansive and just like continuing to bless ourselves during a time of contraction to make way and pave the way forward mm-hmm. for the new mm-hmm. Absolutely, 100%. I agree, I agree, I agree. (laughs) (sighs) So what do you think? Should we start kind of, how are you feeling? Where are you feeling we should start? I'm feeling like, let's, for me, invocation and intention are, they kind of wrap around each or all of these feed into each other Mm -hmm. poetry invocation and intention Mm -hmm. but I think starting in the invocation slash intention realm would be great yeah let's do it yeah Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I remember being a baby practitioner and hearing both invocation and evocation and they sound so Mm. similar but they're like so so different so maybe we'll um I wish I had like thought to <laughs> look up the definition so that way I, when I describe this, it's not so confusing. But when I think of invocation, I think of inviting. Right, right. And when I think of evocation, I think of evoking. So I'm like mm-hmm. kind of, I'm invocation is kind of like calling in, whereas evoke mm-hmm. is kind of calling out. Yeah, that actually wasn't too yeah. bad. I'm proud of myself for that one. Good job. You just had to talk it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got some fe- yeah. I got some feedback that sometimes the way I describe things, um, the language I use is not always super attainable to everyone I'm around. And for a second, mm-hmm. I was like, "Wow, that must mean I'm really smart." And then I thought to myself, "But like, sometimes I'm in conversations with people, and I have no idea what the hell they're saying to me. So like, maybe I'm somewhere <laughs> yeah. in that middle realm." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I think you're absolutely right. Invocation and intentions, I think, are very much connected and mm. intertwined. Because mm. I don't know um, about you, like when you're practicing or when you're on ritual, but I do an invocation before I set any intentions. Because for me, invocations are kind of like helping to like set the stage to support mm-hmm. the intentions that are coming with it. Makes sense. Yeah. How does that show up for you in your practice? I mean, it depends on what I'm doing. Oh, oh um, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I, I like, I don't, I don't always use invocation. Mm. Um, because I believe that who, who, like my guides and whoever is with me is like always with mm-hmm. me and always present. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
I don't know, because I use mantra so often mm-hmm. in my practice, it feels like I'm constantly invoking mm. uh, just as part of my practice. Yeah. Um, so it's not really, or it's not always um, separate from what I do mm-hmm. um, when it comes to the intention. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, invocation and intention can be one and the same when say, for example, um, I'm wanting to invite more um abundance and prosperity into my life Mm -hmm. and setting the stage for that I know from my studies that I can call on Lakshmi Mm -hmm. the goddess of abundance and on all levels and dimensions Mm -hmm. so the intention for that kind of spiritual wealth and material wealth and abundance uh, is wrapped up in the the invocation of her name Mm. as well yeah that's really beautiful I've never thought about that before well and correct me if I'm wrong but the the names of the Hindu deities like Lakshmi their name are their names in like in Sanskrit yes yeah okay that's kind of what I thought but I didn't want to say that and be like that's not quite true (laughs) (laughs) they are and like uh, with different um, with different deities, there are like for um, for Durga mm-hmm. or for um, Vishnu. Um, there's uh, some of them have like one thousand names. You Whoa, know, I never knew <laughs> there's that. like different. There's like different, and it's all based on like different um, forms that they take and different things that they do, different powers that they have, right. and there's a different name or namesake Mm -hmm. for like everything that they do and every power that they have interesting so it doesn't apply to every single deity but some deities it does dang um I know (laughs) yeah there are some people who will as a daily part of their practice they will chant like the thousand names uh, or the sahasranam of Vishnu for example and that's like what they do every morning oh wow crazy (laughs) Yeah. That's <laughs> if I've ever heard it. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And it takes, it takes a little yeah. bit probably to chant the full thing. That's like a 20 to 25 minute chunk of your time yeah. <laughs> to chant the Vish- Vishnu um, Sahasrana. That's so beautiful so, though. I really love that. Yeah. You know, and it's, yeah. it's so funny, you know, because one of the things that I have been feeling an interest in lately has been to dive more historically into different mythos and mm-hmm. um, right now specifically I'm focusing on uh, the realm of Celtic historical um, mythos and fairy tales and you know for a long time Celtic tradition was oral and mm-hmm. so things didn't start getting written down until that part of the world was invaded by um by the romans yep yeah and so but you have a culture like the um like hinduism and i realize that's not grammatically correct i apologize lagging <laughs> 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 in my brain but you have a, a culture where these deities like we have historical records literally like 
deep, deep into history because they've been recording in a written or at least a tangible way for thousands of years. And so the fact that all of that has survived and like has not changed shape things Mm -hmm. like haven't been adopted like you look at like greek and roman mythology and those areas of the world are relatively close to each other there was like a lot of trade and a lot of wars and like a lot of stuff going on between them all the time and Mm -hmm. they each respectively conquered like similar parts of the world at different points in history and so the places that they Mm -hmm. invaded would often meld or adopt or kind of exchange ideas and be influenced by each other. But I don't, I haven't really found an indication that says that's true for this particular realm of, of archetypes or of expressions of divinity. And so that's just like, so fascinating to me. Most definitely. That's something this ancient has has been able to maintain its authentic shape for literally so long. Totally. It's, if I'm remembering my yoga history correct, (laughs) it's that, or correctly, it's that um, Hinduism actually wasn't established as a religion until like 5,000 years ago. And that's when things started, um, or around the time when things started getting codified. Mm -hmm. Um, but like before that was a whole like many um, cultures um, there was a whole uh, it was only oral tradition Mm. so I I don't know I just I get sad when I think about how much was lost that we'll like never Mm -hmm. know (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, or not that we'll never know because things get discovered all the time but but at the same time it's like dang yeah yeah (laughs) I hear you 100% yeah that's really amazing I never I it never occurred to me that the the mantras it's not just a way of invoking the the support and the energy that you're wanting to work with or um, be supported by but it's also a way it works almost simultaneously as setting intentions like they're they're almost essentially the same thing like by by I'm trying to say it without saying the word <laughs> by invoking one you're invoking the other essentially <laughs> that's right exactly and like another example is with like Saraswati mm-hmm. uh, the goddess of like uh, learning and um, mm-hmm. music and everything that can be like absorbed um, information wise and knowledge wise mm-hmm. through books and things like that um, if you if that's your intention is like to prepare yourself for learning um you invoke saraswati with that intention of i want to open myself Mm. to the the light of these Mm -hmm. teachings that's so cool and i love her name and that you know as someone who for a very for quite a while kind of like skirted (laughs) around um doing Mm -hmm. too much research into uh those particular deities because I was really interested but I was definitely also afraid (laughs) (laughs) just owning it because they they have a sense of time to them like they're Mm -hmm. they are like ancient and I know 
and mm-hmm. I almost hesitated saying it that way because it feels like that word almost doesn't even do it justice. They're not quite timeless, but they're they're not far from it either. I would agree with that. And I for that very reason I felt like attracted mm-hmm. to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah, from the moment I can remember when I before I even knew the names and I just saw the images, I was like, whoa, I love yeah. that. See, I saw the, <laughs> more of that, please. I saw the images <laughs> and I thought to myself, I'm not fucking prepared for that. <laughs> Uh, yeah you know what I think it is it's that uh it's so potent when you work with an energy form like Sarasvati or with Dwarga or for me in particular Mm. you know a lot of this year I was doing some really intense deep work um being supported by Kali you know it Mm -hmm. it's very very potent energy yes yes yeah. And I think sometimes, and, and that's not to say that you can't have those same experiences with other forms of the divine. I think anything is possible. Mm. You know, if you are open mm. and willing to do the work, I think you can experience that regardless. But I think, at least for me personally, there's always been something so inherently powerful about these figures that if you know (laughs) I really had to be sure that I was ready to share and hold that space with what I was like you know I had to be really clear about my goals and what my end game was you know essentially what my intentions were for invoking and working with that energy of Kali yeah because we talked about this before oh no doubt you know, you, yeah like you get what you yeah, ask there's for. no like whoops <laughs> I changed my mind yeah. it, like you're on a one-way road yeah. dude <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's no emergency that stops um yeah for sure <laughs> whereas I feel like you know in my earlier practices I worked quite a bit um with maybe some quote-unquote more well-known widespread energy forms like from mm. uh mm. Greco Roman deities um or even Egyptian deities very very little in that last realm because mm. they have that similar essence to them and that that's like I rarely use this word but it just feels appropriate that's old magic you don't fuck with that shit unless you're yeah. really ready and capable of dealing with what mm. your outcome is no doubt (laughs) um but you know like I think because we're exposed to Greek and Roman mythology a little more almost flippantly like we have easier access to Mm -hmm. it they might feel a little like it might feel a little more comfortable working with them maybe have like a little softer impact initially I think the more you work with I get that it's like they're almost more human. Yeah, I think the, I, the Greco-Roman I, deities. Absolutely. Uh-huh. I think we've humanized them considerably. Yeah. Whereas it's hard mm-hmm. to humanize a figure that has 18 arms. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, or it's, it's harder to humanize someone who um, has a jackal head. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's just, Yeah. It's just really interesting to me. And uh, we, we talked about this a little bit before we 
started recording today, but I've been feeling kind of that old pull back towards um, my Celtic roots. And because that's where I started originally my earliest practice. That's where my focus was because that's where I felt the call the strongest. And over the years, I've kind of yeah. weaved out and around it and kind of like come and gone. And, you know, I went off and looked at other things and I'm kind of starting to feel that call back. But it's it's different than I think mm. I've experienced before, where I almost feel like I'm I'm the one being invoked. <laughs> Church. Like it's call it's yeah. calling you. And yeah. And that's kind cool. of how I've always practiced. I've always kind of gone where I felt the call. Mm. And in some ways, I didn't want to answer it because of how much, because of how impactful my experience has been, you know, working with figures like Kali, like feeling like, well, I don't want to leave you. (laughs) But if I sit and I think Mm. about it and I'm quiet, I don't like, it's, it's not like Kali has like up and left me by any means but like the work feels complete the work feels complete (laughs) and so she's just like you're good boo I don't know what you're doing (laughs) like cool like your phone's ringing go answer it (laughs) (laughs) yeah because there's no voicemail (laughs) cool and she'll come yeah and she'll with her like she just she comes back around like well whenever you're going through something mm-hmm. else that'll be really um like a death and a rebirth at yeah. the same time you can call on her anytime yeah. and you know it's that. funny that you say that it's yeah. because that was definitely the case in 2012 and 2016 mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. there was some big shit that went down and the person that I was that that I kind of went into those situations as was definitely not the same person that came out Mhm. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, I uh, I gotta hook up with somebody about 2024 and, and figure out what the fuck might be going on over there. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Awesome. Can I read um the uh well it's kind of like an mm. invocation. I told you, or I shared last week, or and maybe the mm-hmm. week before, because I've been going through this yeah. for about four weeks now, um, the artist <gasps> yes, play. Yes, please do. And she, okay. <laughs> um, so this is, <laughs> she, um, so she has this um, uh, written out in the, uh, the appendix of this book, and it's called An Artist's mm. Prayer. And I'll just go ahead and, and read okay. it. It's not too long. Okay. Oh, great creator, we are gathered together in your name that we may be of greater service to you and to our fellows. We offer ourselves to you as instruments. We open ourselves to your creativity in our lives. We surrender to you our old ideas. We welcome your new and more expansive ideas. We trust that you will lead us. We trust that it is safe to follow you. We know you created us and that creativity is your nature and our own. 
We ask you to unfold our lives according to your plan, not our low self-worth. Help us to believe that it is not too late and that we are not too small or too flawed to be healed by you and through each other and made whole. Help us to love one another, to nurture each other's unfolding, to encourage each other's growth and understand each other's fears. Help us to know that we are not alone, that we are loved and lovable. Help us to create as an act of worship to you. Mm, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was beautiful. I really, really enjoyed that. Right? It just covers like it all really, the ground, doesn't it? Really it? Does. It's like to to really like surrender and open yourself up to the grace of you know she's she labels it the great creator but you can put in source um or whatever deity mm-hmm. you identify with like just opening yourself up to the greater uh mm-hmm. the greater workings that are happening Definitely. um to yeah to open yourself to that and to allow yourself to be the most clear channel that you can be for that and because this book is centered and grounded in like creative mm-hmm. recovery, um, uh, it's that, you know, creativity literally animates us and each other and like yeah. our lives. And um, I don't know, I find it like, I find grace and um, encouragement mm-hmm. and yeah, grace and encouragement are the things that I feel from that um, invocation or um, intention Mm -hmm. of sorts. So I really (laughs) love that. That was beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. You know, and it's so funny. I was, yeah, one of the things I was kind of thinking about um, for this episode in particular is, you know, I think a lot of us do invocations and intentions but they might do it through a different lens through like prayer and I was kind of thinking about like how the lens in which we do things can sometimes be beneficial but sometimes they can also feel um, dividing and Mm. and I thought about like my own relationship with the word specifically with prayer and for me prayer is always related to the Christian upbringing that I had and for me prayer was always like Mm -hmm. when you just asked for stuff and I think there's an element of truth to that but I also think that when we are setting intentions that's maybe just more clearly stating what we want which in its own way is still asking for stuff (laughs) Oh, yeah, no doubt. (laughs) Yeah, but I think at least for me personally, when as the, I try to be really careful about what I ask for from the universe. And I was literally thinking about this as I was folding my laundry this morning was, you know, Mm -hmm. the, there's something that I've heard multiple times and it, and it's always hit me like a little differently, of course, depending on what space I'm kind of in when I see it or hear it, but everything that we have at some point we've asked for. Yes, absolutely. thinking to myself, like, okay, well, what is it that I feel like I'm asking for now? 
and how is it different from what I've asked for in the past or is what I'm asking for Mm. opposite of what I've asked for in the past and I think when we take the time to really Mm. consider that we can be it's so hard to say this without actually saying the words (laughs) but we can be more intentional about how we set Mm -hmm. intentions because some people are like oh (laughs) you set your intentions and you forget them and other people are like oh no you really have to like feed your intentions by like thinking about it or visualizing it or maybe you're making offerings if you're working with a specific um, form of of the divine and it for me I'm just like huh (laughs) because there was another quote I Mm -hmm. heard and I wish I could remember where it was from hopefully I can track it down and if I can I will make sure to include it in our little description of the episode Uh, but basically what the person said was intention flows where the mind goes yeah and that's something I've been thinking about a lot too is like If I'm in kind of a crappy mood or if I'm frustrated by something, you know, obviously denying how we're feeling doesn't serve us. (laughs) But also staying in that space can become dangerous. So for me, it's kind of like, okay, if, if I'm in this space, how long have I been here? Do I still need to be here? Or is there something that's kind of like unresolved that underneath what maybe triggered this frustration or or emotion that maybe just isn't being addressed and so one thing that I've been doing over just the last couple of days is in the morning setting the intention that if I am for lack of a better word triggered in some way that I take the time to or that I remember to take the time to actually look at it and not just let it kind of call call the shots Hmm. that's kind of what I've been doing the last couple days and I think it's actually been working so (laughs) yeah wonderful you know there's at the end of the day there's always going to be stuff that's frustrating there's always going to be stuff that upsets you or gets under your skin or what have you but I know at least for me when I identify what like the underlying reason why that is I'm much more able to move past it and kind of realign and recenter and keep going in the direction that I want to be going in no doubt I was thinking about something really or I was writing about something very similar this morning about like how we basically more or less about how we just identify with our Mm -hmm. emotions all the time and um that we say Mm -hmm. I am sad instead of I'm experiencing Mm -hmm. sadness and think just as one example and basically how that how when we feel something and we when we identify with the feeling that it can color that we wake up feeling mm-hmm. one way and we decide, we almost like decide like, oh, this is how the rest of my day is going to be. It's like, it's really going to be like this mm-hmm. because I am this, you know? 
and we like we carry things around with us like a like a cloud over our heads sometimes and I was just like I don't know I was exploring Mm -hmm. like where does that come from and um you know it's not really attached to any particular person it's just like this is how we are as humans we just identify with um our Mm -hmm. emotional states and with respect to waking up at the beginning of the day you know we're talking Mm -hmm. about intentions here and like the intention of like how Mm -hmm. do I want to feel today you know um or can I can Mm -hmm. I remember right that I am not I am not my emotion I am experiencing Mm -hmm. my emotion and that it's subject to change like it's not going to last forever and so in that way you're not denying Mm -hmm. anything Um, you just say I'm experiencing this and like what with what you were saying like you acknowledge how long you've been in that state and how long you want to perpetuate Mm -hmm. it you know yeah and I think sometimes Mm -hmm. we we can wake up in the morning and we're like yeah I'm feeling great and like things are good and like maybe you get to work Mm -hmm. and like the minute you step Mm -hmm. through the door like there's a shift and right you're just like I was in such a good mood until I got here, you know, and this happened to me last week. I know. <laughs> and, you know, and as oh, yeah. part of our culture, we're always like, hi, how are you? And like, I was just like, I don't know. Like I was okay before I came in and now I'm feeling kind of funky. Like, like I, I feel like kind of negative and I'm like, just, you know, like, I think I'm just going to kind of like acknowledge it and then like let it pass. And if it's not gone in 10 minutes, I might just have to dance it out. And my coworker laughed, but I was just like, no, seriously, if yeah. you hear uh, Uptown Funk coming from the other room, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I, but yeah. what I didn't realize in that moment was that I set the intention that if this doesn't just naturally kind of move on by itself, I'm going to take action mm-hmm. to get back yeah. to a place where yeah, I want to exactly. be. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. So, yeah, it just, it's always so funny mm-hmm. to me that, like, we plan out these, con- like, these conversations and these topics, like, usually weeks ahead of time. And then by the time we get here, I'm just, like, I actually have real-life examples <laughs> from two days ago. <laughs> yeah. Of how this is showing up. It's just no so interesting doubt. to me how that happens. It always makes me laugh. It's a natural unfolding, which, like, it always feels better mm-hmm. than the, the <laughs> For plan. sure. <laughs> Oh gosh. Yeah. Should we move on to poetry? I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling yes, the poetry vibe. Totally. <laughs> I know, me too. Ah! Oh goodness. So I know that I have a couple. Um, and Gina, I believe you have a couple too. Yes. Do you want to go first? Do we want to maybe mm-hmm. talk about some of our favorite poets first? What what are you feeling? Sure. Um, we could talk about some of our favorite poets and then I'll um uh and then I'll read a couple of poems by (laughs) a couple of my favorite poets (laughs) poetry golly it's just like it's such a huge part of what feeds me (laughs) on a soul level and uh I you know it's just a way to uh identify with Mm -hmm what I'm going through Mm -hmm. Uh, more so than prose um poetry because it's more often Mm -hmm. um short or at least the kind of poetry I read is a little bit on the short side 
um it just has a way of like getting right. to the heart it's of such what a I powerful feel. medium um and it really is I adore it so much and you know uh I'm a huge mm. lover of music like who isn't but you know if you really pay attention to song lyrics mm-hmm. um those yeah. are poems you know <laughs> so yeah poetry I would argue is so, that not all music part of is mine. poetry there's definitely some stuff I've heard and I'm just like what am I listening to I don't even know and and maybe that's bias and prejudice and if it is I will own it but I'm sorry there's no way anyone can convince me that taking your truck down the old town road that ridiculous song from last year with Billy Ray Cyrus and I don't know who else <sighs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't I I personally can't bring myself to it <laughs> but but maybe that's my that was my bad for speaking in absolutes I'm really bad at no, that no no that wasn't a cheek on you it's just you know I I think it's because I have such a specific idea of poetry in my head mm. so for mm. me personally yeah uh not all music, I think, translates to poetry, but I do think all poetry can translate to music. Maybe that's a better way of explaining it. Okay, okay. I can, we can go. We can go with that. Cool. <laughs> oh gosh. I agree totally. Yeah. Um. So some of my favorite poets. Um. There's so many. It's really hard to choose. Um. I. Hafez and oh, Rumi, Rumi are two of my favorites um, just because they uh, the, the longing in the longing for mm. the beloved um, is so it's such a potent you experience it yourself right. when you read their poetry it's so the language that they use is so <laughs> it evokes <laughs> uh, it evokes um, feelings and um, like actual mm-hmm. visceral experiences. Um, I've like I've yeah. cried reading this poetry like out of my own longing for mm-hmm. um, the divine. Um, and in the same way, I you know, and it's interesting that the couple of poets that I chose today um where uh or their poetry was read to me like at the end of some of my yoga classes a while back um it while we were all in final resting pose shavasana some of these teachers that I would go see would read um poetry to us um, I love while we were resting at the end of class because you're already like you're in such an open and receptive space receptive and then just mm-hmm. to to hear that poetry yep. to kind of like replenish you and nurture you before you go back into the world that's so beautiful mm. I know yes so two of those poets that were highlighted in these particular classes that I was in were mm. um Mary Oliver and David White so um, I'll read this first one called Wild Beast by Mary Oliver. That's one of her more unsettled and already ones, I think. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. 
You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese high in the clean blue air are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over, announcing your place in the family of things. Wow. I under, I, I'm starting <laughs> right? to uh, get why. <laughs> this is one of her more popular poems. That was beautiful. It really took you there. Right? I know. Just like that power. Of, it's like Mary Oliver, just if you read about her life or if even if you read just even a small portion of the body of her work, she has such a mm-hmm. deep, like palpable connection. Yeah. An obvious connection with nature. And for me, that's how I've always experienced and identified and dropped into presence and the divine and love and just like mm-hmm. all those good feelings that come from that. And she's sitting here in this poem just saying like, it's okay to be who you are. It's okay to like experience your emotions and to experience pain and also recognize at the same time that the world is like expansive and is here Mm -hmm. like the world is still your oyster there's still all of this possibility natural law is still at work Mm -hmm. there are cycles that are happening and Mm -hmm. you are part of that so you're part of something even though you feel Mm -hmm. like you might be contracting in your pain so and she talks about that in a lot of her poetry so it's always I think really it's such comforting. a beautiful reminder too yeah because I think you know it's it's in those moments of of grief or of sorrow or of just pain when it's very easy to feel disconnected mm. and it's very easy to feel guilty mm. about occupying that space mm. and so just yeah the idea of being painted of maybe you're on a walk or you're just going about your daily life and all of a sudden you encounter someone who not just sees what you're experiencing but like recognizes it and validates it because they have walked a similar road I think that's you know, and it's not yeah. about like, oh, well, this happened to me and stuff. They're like putting themselves a step up. No, it's just two travelers going on similar journeys with similar themes. Mm. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. Oh. Okay. One more. One short okay. one by <laughs> David White and then you can go. <laughs> okay. This one is called The Journey. Above the mountains, the geese turn into the light again, painting their black silhouettes on an open sky. Sometimes everything has to be inscribed across the heavens so you can find the one line already written inside of you. 
Sometimes it takes a great sky to find that first bright and indescribable wedge of freedom in your own heart. Sometimes with the bones of the black sticks left when the fire has gone out, someone has written something new in the ashes of your life. You are not leaving. Even as the light fades quickly now, you Ooh. are arriving. That's some Phoenix rising shit right yeah. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's another one. Again, I just love that. I guess I love the thematic of like endings and beginnings mm-hmm. weaved into, or just duality, basically, mm-hmm. <laughs> weaved into one poem. Um, because it just reflects the well mm-hmm. that reflects the human experience um, and that we can feel I don't know it's kind of like the paradoxical right. nature of things too not just the duality but the paradox of being able to feel to things that are so mm-hmm. like opposite of each right. other that you can feel them at once and that right. they can both be true at one time like oh. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> Can we talk about poetry every episode of this podcast? <laughs> sure. Why wouldn't be opposed to that? We could we could read one. We could read All one right, every everybody episode. Once a month we're having a poetry episode. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. Oh, I want to hear okay. what you got though for so, poetry. Uh, I honestly, I felt a little remiss when we agreed to talk about poetry because poetry for me has kind of been like in and out of my life. Like there have been times where I've been really Mm. just in that space of just that lyrical flowing just, just comes to you or you just like connect with something that someone else has written. It's kind of like feast or famine for me personally. And, um, Okay. I think part of it might be because when I was, you know, the first thing I ever wrote, probably when I was age eight is when I started writing things. Um, A lot of it being poetry that should never see the light of day. I'm just going to say that right now. But I was probably about eight years old. And uh, so much of my poetry Mm -hmm. really was expressing just insurmountable pain and suffering that I felt like I was experiencing at the time and so for me at least personally um for a long time there was poetry poetry was like an outlet that I felt like I wasn't safe saying things otherwise because if someone did find it and ask me about it I'd be Mm. like it's just a stupid poem like who cares um and then the yeah. other, like the most recent experience I had with poetry, this was a couple of years ago, and this was actually part of how we connected, was um, channeled poetry. It's freaking weird. It is, it was an experience where I was literally trying to go to sleep and I could not, and I just felt like I had to write something and I had no idea what. And so I really got my phone and got on my little notes app and stuff was just flowing out of me and mm-hmm. it was like I couldn't sleep until it was all out Ooh. and I've shared a couple of them nice. on my Instagram so you can go and find them there um but yeah poetry is it's always been something where I it, it has to strike me for it to happen um 
but again kind of like what we talked about at the beginning of the episode kind of in that space where I am like I am snuggling up and I'm wearing this oversized cardigan and there's a big blanket and one of my fur babies is at my feet and I'm just like give me a look um and Mm. that really struck me actually this week one of um the people that I work with um, introduced me to Ruby Carr. Mm, <laughs> uh, they legend. got a copy of her book, Milk and Honey, and read to me a couple of mm-hmm. her poems. Mm-hmm. And I was just floored. She, oh my yeah. gosh. I, was, um, <laughs> I looked her up on YouTube because I wanted to make sure I pronounced her name correctly. Because the person I was working with, they actually showed me her name and said, how would you pronounce this? And I guessed it right, but I had to make sure. Because um, there's there's nothing that I hate more than butchering people's names yeah. or the names of places. It just, for me, it just feels like a disservice if I do that. So Rupi Carr, uh, her, at least her book, Milk and Hungry, has definitely made it onto my wish list for this holiday season. Um, but I think the... Um, one poet that I have to mention, um, definitely from a different time, but I think really has such a unique voice is uh, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. A lot of people are going to be like, who the fuck is that? Mm. Um, (laughs) And again, a different time, but he is actually also the author who created the story of Hiawatha, the little Indian boy who fought a bear, and he had several other adventures and uh, he has a poem called The Secret of the Sea. And I actually have, a, I think you technically call it wall art, but does everyone remember like in the mid 2000s, um, like little squares or um, they're not really plaques, but like words and phrases would be on like canvas art. Canvas art was the word I was looking for. And I have... Yeah. A piece of canvas art that has um, the pretty much the entire last stanza of his poem. And I'm just going to read that last stanza. Hmm. Um, and it says, Till my soul is full of longing for the secret of the sea, and the heart of the great ocean sends a thrilling pulse through me. And as someone who's always been obsessed with hmm. the ocean, for better or worse, I just felt that. <laughs> People go on yeah. and on about how space is the final frontier. Bitches, no, it's like the a- ocean. Let's be honest. <laughs> we know more about oh, we know more no about space as above, so below. Ocean. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to get on a tangent, but that is what I will say. And I actually found a copy of. Um, his work in a leather a leather bound copy of his book um at Powell's of all places and it was the mm-hmm. it's a book of yeah. his poetry and it was the first leather bound book that kind of started my collection of leather bound books oh cool and I'm trying to grab it off my bookshelf there it goes because I I used to know when this particular book was published and now I'm curious so I'm going to look at it again and I have one more for you (laughs) 
Yeah, let's see. <laughs> okay, yeah. So Henry Wadsworth Longfellow lived from 1807 to 1882. So like I said, definitely a different time. So this book is copyright 1943. And then this particular edition was 1971. Mm -hmm. But it is really cool. It has the gold leaf and the old school ribbon bookmark. So it does have a special place in my heart. <laughs> Lovely. The, the last thing that I want to share, and this was actually cool. the first thing that came to mind when I knew we were going to be doing uh, an episode on poetry. And this specifically in and of itself mm. is not technically a poem. It is the second stanza in the charge of the goddess that was written by Doreen Valentine, who was a huge influence and contributor to I would just say metaphysical study in the early 1900s, I believe. I hope I'm not misremembering that. Um, mm. um, but I originally came across this particular expression when, um, when I was reading The Spiral Dance by Starhawk. It's one of the first things in the book. And I think it's just so mm. beautiful that I wanted to share it. Mm says whenever ye have need of anything once in a month and it better be when the moon be full then ye shall assemble in some secret place and adore the spirit of me who am queen of all witcheries and like i said it's the second stanza of the charge but that in and of itself just speaks so strongly of just community and magic and ritual and I think it's mm -hmm. the the feeling that is <laughs> evoked when I read that or when I hear someone else say it it's that feeling that I think is what drives poetry mm -hmm. when you can express an emotion yeah through your words without saying mm. the emotion itself, I think that is extremely powerful. Yeah, so so that Agreed. is my my favorite. I might have to commission someone who has better handwriting than myself to make me something that has <laughs> that written on it. Yes, absolutely. A calligraphy. Ooh, maybe in like calligraphy or something. <laughs> I can barely remember cursive. I'm not going to try. <laughs> I don't know what would happen if I tried to learn calligraphy. <laughs> mm. Wonderful. <sighs> so with that, I, um, unless there's anything else on your heart or on your mind, you know, maybe go ahead and wrap up. Yeah, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm good with that. I know <laughs> that's a, that's a lot to sit with, <laughs> and hopefully it inspired our listeners to um, go and break out their favorite book of poetry. And if you don't have a book of poetry, uh, you can yeah. look up your favorite poet online because there's mm -hmm. a whole slew of yes. things that and you can I know that find. at least for me. Um, <laughs> Sometimes yeah. poetry, as 
as beautiful as it is and as special as it is, I think sometimes it's underrated. I think a lot of times it's forgotten. And, but I also know that like mm-hmm. when I hear it, I feel inspired. So I'm grateful we did this episode, not just because yeah. I got to share some of my favorites, but because I yeah. definitely was introduced to some folks that now I definitely want to hear more from them. <laughs> so all of the people that we mentioned today will mm-hmm. of course be in our little description box of the episode so you can go and check them out for yourself. Uh, before either of us forget to mention this, I want to make sure everyone knows that Jean and I are actually taking a little break from the podcast just a couple of weeks until the first week of December. Um, we have some stuff going on in our lives respectively uh, that involve travel and transition and so it just seemed appropriate to go ahead and take a couple of weeks away. And then when we do come back, we're going to be talking, returning to, uh, I would say, one of the pillars of our podcast buzzwords. <laughs> we're going to be uh, exploring and sharing we love it. alchemy, vibration, and energy. So it's not just a twofer, you get a third one in there. <laughs> and of course in the meantime oh, if you yeah. want to learn more about <laughs> us you can visit our individual Instagram accounts at gina.redondi and at theolin13 you can also reach us with comments and questions through ccradiancepodcast at gmail.com thank you so much as always for joining us here at co-creating radiance may yeah. you all find radiance take, when you least expect it yeah have take care everybody week. if you're doing or have a great couple weeks month, please because <laughs> they, you know things are things are heating up and winding down and doing all sorts of stuff so just do your best and be good to each other and we will see you everybody in december <laughs>